What are you looking forward to? Decorating Christmas cookies? I certainly am. A relaxing afternoon? Perhaps the excitement of Christmas? Whatever it may be, the season of Advent would have us focus our attention on a much further horizon, to that day when God will look out over our world and our lives and say to each individual either, well done, or I never knew you. This is also the focus of this morning's readings. If you'll notice, judgment and salvation are carefully balanced at the heart of today's reading from Isaiah, this joyous description of God's long-awaited advent. After all, it's a central, if mysterious, theme of Isaiah that salvation would come through judgment. Even exile, the worst of the covenant curses, can somehow serve God's larger plans for his people. How could this be? Where is God in our suffering? And why does it seem to take so long for him to answer our cries for help? The burden of the chapters leading up to this passage is to sketch in bold relief the two ways open to God's people in light of these perennial questions. They can walk the way of the world, placing their trust in human strength and political alliances, or they can walk the way of the Lord, placing their trust in him even in the midst of great suffering. And in chapters 34 and 35, we see the ultimate ends of these two paths. The way of the world, which promises safety and security, leads ultimately to desolation and destruction, while the way of the Lord, which leads first to the desert wilderness, ends ultimately in abundant life. God is always at work in remarkable and unexpected ways. Today's passage presents us with four images of dramatic and surprising transformations that together create a glorious picture of our future hope. We see a wilderness burst into bloom and become a fertile garden. Almost as if in unbelief himself, the prophet repeats the same word three times. You can forgive the translation committee for smoothing out a little bit, but he literally says, the desert will bloom, it will blossom, blossom. Those areas that absorb moisture will become streams and pools, sources of water in abundance. Now, I realize it's dangerous in light of recent events to speak of God's surprising blessings in terms of dry ground becoming pools of water. <laughs> but of course, Isaiah was not speaking of good land becoming spoiled but rather of dead and barren land suddenly bursting forth with life. He was speaking of exile and restoration, death and new life. A little further on, we see the, dis dis the dispirited, with weak hands and shaky knees, with anxious and fearful hearts, and they are strengthened and comforted. We see the blind, the deaf, the lame and the mute throw off the shackles of disability and leap and shout for joy. And lastly, we see the bitter sorrow and sighing expelled forever by joy and gladness. We see all of these dramatic transformations, not just beautiful images, but God's promise of what is to come. 
And we also see their cause. The glorious advent of the Lord, which God's people were expecting, would be like waters breaking forth in the wilderness. And the hope of his coming served to strengthen weak hands and dispel fear from anxious hearts. This is precisely the sort of transformation we see taking place in the lives of those touched by our Lord Jesus. In fact, when John the Baptist asked if he was the one who is to come, Jesus explicitly connects his ministry with the inbreaking of God's kingdom spoken of by Isaiah. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. These miraculous healings are, of course, individual acts of compassion and mercy, but they're also signs of the spiritual transformation which God brings to those who heed the Baptist's cry and prepare their hearts for his coming. John was right to see Jesus as the Messiah, the one who is to come, but he also experienced a rude awakening. Remember what John said about Jesus' ministry. Even now, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. He was probably thinking about the words we heard from Isaiah this morning. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. John was expecting Jesus to come with vengeance, to get on with the business of cutting down some wicked trees, and he couldn't figure out why he was taking so long to get started. What's worse, Jesus seemed to be restoring trees, not cutting them down. Now, before we dismiss John as a cranky old prophet, we should remember that his concern is one that we often voice today. Whenever we look out at the world around us and are overcome by the pervasive presence of evil, when we ask where God is in our suffering, when we cry out to God to bring his justice to our situation and set things right, we are echoing John's expectation for Jesus' ministry. We are yearning for God's judgment and salvation. And don't forget where John is in the story. He has personal reasons to see Jesus bring judgment on his enemies. John was languishing in prison under one wicked tree he hoped would soon be felled, namely Herod. But the judgment God would bring through Jesus would look very different than what John expected. God's first advent had another unexpected end in mind. When God came, as Isaiah foretold, he came to establish a way for his people, in turn, to come to him. His advent to us had our advent to him in mind. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the Holy Way. I love how it describes those who travel on this highway. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. What a comfort to fools like me. <laughs> and this highway is for those whose lives God has ransomed in Christ. For at his coming, God did bring both judgment and salvation. But he bore the curse so that we might have the blessing. The end of the road for him became for us the highway of the redeemed. 
He endured our momentary sorrows so that we might experience his everlasting joy. For truly we have seen in Jesus hanging on the cross waters breaking forth in the wilderness and streams of living water pouring forth from his side. Be strong then and fear not, for God has come to save you. The Lord indeed has come to his people with judgment and salvation and made his footsteps away.